Visa's new compliance program for dynamic authentication is encouraging merchants throughout most parts of the world to continue their moves toward EMV chip acceptance. The U.S., however, is not part of the program. Uncertainty regarding regulatory changes to debit poses challenges for U.S. merchants. So how are U.S. merchants and financial services providers expected to balance security and pending regulatory mandates? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Eduardo Perez, who heads up global payment system security for Visa. Eduardo, Visa announced last week the launch of its Technology Innovation Program, an international PCI compliance program that aims to encourage dynamic data authentication. Can you explain a bit about the program and how it's expected to help merchants reduce their PCI compliance expenses? Sure, Tracy. And before getting started, I just wanted to say it's a pleasure to be with you today and with your listeners at BankInfoSecurity.com. As you noted, uh, Visa's new technology innovation program is intended to support our broader security strategy, which focuses on eliminating, protecting, and devaluating cardholder data throughout the payment system. The program will specifically uh, eliminate the requirement that merchants must validate PCI DSS compliance for any year in which at least 75% of the merchant's Visa transactions originate from chip-enabled terminals. To qualify, the merchants must have either previously validated PCI DSS compliance or have a plan to come into compliance and not have been involved in a breach of cardholder data. The program's for merchants operating outside of the United States. Now, the EMV program aims to provide a path toward dynamic authentication. Can you explain a little bit about dynamic authentication and the role that the EMV chip plays? Yes, the concept of dynamic authentication is intended to promote the use of a dynamic variable that will be included as part of each transaction that flows through the payment system. And the notion is that if uh, there's a dynamic variable that accompanies that, uh, that transaction, that changes with every transaction, then that information cannot be used in the future to replay a transaction for fraudulent purposes. So the notion of dynamic data is very powerful in that, again, each transaction would be unique in and of itself. EMV chip in particular promotes the the transmission of dynamic data by generating a cryptographic message that accompanies the transaction and thereby making that transaction dynamic. Now, Visa has noted that the future of cardholder security depends on authentication solutions that move toward dynamic data technologies, such as EMV. But the U.S., the world's largest payment card market and one that continues to see escalating incidents of card fraud, is not part of the Visa program. Can you explain a little bit about this? Sure, Tracy. Let me start by correcting one misconception uh, that's out there, and that's that... uh, escalating incidents of card fraud are occurring. Just to be clear, what uh, we see within the Visa payment system from information that's reported to us by issuers and acquirers is that fraud rates remain low and stable. And on a global basis, they account for about six cents uh, out of every $100 transaction. So by that measure, fraud rates continue to be low and stable, and that's uh, a trend that we see pretty much across all major markets in the payment system. So that's one point uh, to address there. Uh, In regards to the U.S. and other markets, as I noted previously, we continue to focus on promoting uh, an authentication strategy of eliminating data, protecting residual data that may be in the payment system, and then moving over time to the use of dynamic data. And different markets are in in different uh, phases uh, of developing uh, solutions like EMV technology or adopting those solutions in their market to move towards dynamic data, but 
there still remains a notable amount of static data within the payment system that needs to be eliminated and protected. And so as such, we're going to continue to focus on those opportunities as well. Now, all merchants outside the U.S. are eligible for the program. How will the program impact big box retailers, however, like Walmart, for instance, that have global operations? For those qualifying merchants that have operations outside the United States or those merchants that have uh, operations within the Visa Europe territories, they can uh, achieve um, efficiencies or not have to validate PCIDS's compliance on a going forward basis if they meet the qualifying criteria. And that could result in substantial cost savings that we hope they will consider reinvesting in their migration towards dynamic solutions like EMB Chubb. The URL uh, that I encourage your listeners to visit is uh, www.visa.com forward slash CISP, as in Cardholder Information Security Program. Now, what does the current EMV landscape look like, Eduardo? How far along are most global markets? Based on information that's uh, released by EMV Co., which is the global organization that focuses on promoting uh, the interoperability of EMV technology, both from a terminal and a card perspective, they indicate that about a third of cards and about two-thirds of terminals currently today in the world support EMB chip technology. So as I mentioned, Tracy, different markets are different, uh, have adopted the technology at different rates. Certain markets like uh, in Europe uh, are further along that uh, migration, while others are still in the early stages of adopting that technology. And uh, again, uh, information uh, on uh, the different adoption rates by market is available by EMB Co. Now, from your view, Eduardo, as the rest of the world moves toward a more dynamic authentication process, how will U.S. financial services providers and merchants be affected? How will they keep up from a security standpoint? Uh, great question, Tracy. So at Visa, we continue to focus on both solutions that are going to uh, secure and protect the perimeter of the payment system, in addition to also focusing on solutions that are going to protect the core of our payment system by offering network solutions. And I'll give you two quick examples of network solutions that Visa has innovated in and provided to its uh, clients and stakeholders in the payment system. One of the solutions that we've developed to empower cardholders is known as our Visa Transaction Alert Service. And that service is intended to provide a real-time um, notice to cardholders of transactions that have been conducted based on their preference. And so I participate in the pilot, and oftentimes uh, when I conduct a transaction, I have received an alert before the clerk is able to hand me back the card once I've completed the transaction. So that's obviously a powerful solution because it informs me as a cardholder that that transaction was conducted and that I was the individual that obviously conducted the transaction. It gives me a significant degree of confidence that I will be able to identify transactions that perhaps may have not been my transactions in the future. Another good example of a network solution that we provide at Visa, and we provide these solutions globally, is a Visa Advanced Authorization, which is a neural network tool that we've developed that risk rates transactions on a real-time basis to provide the issuer the ability to authorize that transaction in real time. So those are two examples of uh, core or network solutions that we've provided to create a strong and smart core network that's going to reduce the burden on participants to transactions within the payment system. And at the same time, we continue to promote solutions that are focused on our strategy of eliminating, protecting, and devaluating cardholder data by moving towards the use of dynamic authentication solutions. 
Now, the global push to EMV, of course, does put the U.S. in somewhat of a precarious position. Until a move at all, if we don't even know if it's going to happen, to EMV is made in the U.S., what authentication options does the U.S. have at its disposal? And you've noted a couple of them. But what could be implemented today from a technology standpoint that would require less infrastructural change, less investment, that could help to maybe move the U.S. along if and when it's ready to make an EMV move? So some additional uh, payment factors or uh, devices that also promote dynamic data that are also based on EMV chip technology include contactless and mobile payments. And we've certainly seen a greater degree of interest in the payment system to uh, potentially adopt those solutions throughout the, the payment system. Those are other examples of technologies that are emerging where stakeholders are interested in using those technologies, which also promote dynamic authentication uh, variables that accompany the transaction. And you've answered this a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and pose this question anyway. When it comes to payment card fraud in the U.S., what direction do you see authentication and other security investments taking in 2011 and beyond? Tracy, we're going to continue to see uh, entities invest in the three core areas that I've indicated already as part of our strategy, which are solutions that help uh, stakeholders within the payment system to eliminate cardholder data. One good example of, of a solution that's coming to market and being used uh, in market today, actually, is tokenization, the notion that you can have a variable that represents the cardholder data, whereby the merchant or entity does not have to retain that data and can refer to that transaction or, or uh, primary account number via the use of an alternative um, reference number like a token. There are also solutions on the protect side that are uh, also gaining root and becoming more popular like encryption and uh, the notion of end-to-end -end encryption to encrypt uh, cardholder data at the point of swipe all the way back to the back-end processor or a merchant's host system. And then, as I mentioned, there are uh, so existing solutions and new solutions that are emerging around devaluating cardholder data by using dynamic solutions like contact EMV, uh, contactless, and mobile payments. And so I believe that uh, we're going to continue to see stakeholders focus on those solutions that promote the, those three factors to eliminate, protect, and devalue cardholder data. Now, I'm going to go back and talk a little bit about some of the regulatory issues that are impacting payments, and especially when we look at the U.S. It's one of the reasons that Visa has decided not to launch this particular program for U.S. deployers. What role, however, will global, not just U.S., regulatory mandates play in the U.S. payments landscape in the future? So regulatory requirements are a factor that our stakeholders and clients have to deal with, and we at Visa are committed to helping them uh, to address their regulatory requirements by providing them solutions that uh, can facilitate their regulatory expectations in whatever market they operate. And obviously, as you've implied, um, our stakeholders operate in over 200 markets uh, globally, and uh, they have to navigate through uh, a number of regulatory expectations and requirements and laws that they have to comply with. So our focus is on ensuring that we uh, maintain a flexible payment system that meets uh, their past needs, their present needs, and their future needs as it relates to the regulatory obligations that they may have to meet. And I would also add that we're focused on ensuring that we continue to focus on, on market innovation and providing new solutions that are going to meet those entities' unique needs in whatever market they operate or whatever uh, sector of the payment system they may focus on. 
And so you've answered my next question, which was what role does Visa expect to play? And it just sounds like you'll be collaborating not only with the financial institutions that you work with, but also just keeping an eye on what some of the regulatory bodies are doing throughout the world. Absolutely. We realize that it's a it's a complex economic and regulatory environment that continues to evolve, and our focus is on maintaining a flexible payment system that's going to be able to, again, meet their past, their present, and their future needs as the marketplace evolves. And finally, Eduardo, in closing, what final thoughts would you like to share with our audience about Visa's new program and the impact globalization is expected to have on payments and the security of payment card transactions in 2011 and beyond? Tracy, this continues to be an exciting area uh, within the payment system to properly secure and protect cardholder data uh, and to maintain a high degree of confidence in our payment system. So we at Visa are going to continue to be diligent in pursuing opportunities that are going to maintain the trust in our payment system. And I would continue to say that we're going to really focus on the strategy they've laid out uh, to seek opportunities to further eliminate cardholder data to protect cardholder data and to devalue data, and at the same time to provide those services from uh, from the core of our network to facilitate all participants that want to participate in the payment system. In closing, I would also add that we're looking for solutions that continue to empower all stakeholders in the payment system. I gave the example of Visa Transaction Alerts as being a powerful solution that can empower consumers, in this case, to do their part to help uh, protect the entire payment system. I'd like to thank you again for your time today, Eduardo. Thank you, Tracy. It's been a pleasure uh, being with you today and uh, with your audience at bankinfosecurity.com. Again, we've just heard from Eduardo Perez, who heads up global payment system security for Visa. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.